You're listening to the Hidden Battles Podcast, brought to you by HiddenBattlesFoundation.org and our partners, DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. You can find them at dcu.org with our host, Scott Heider and Chris Hurst. Welcome to the Battlecast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Hidden Battles Podcast once again. In this episode, we get the honor to sit down with Master Chief Retired Navy SEAL Harry Bologna. Uh, myself, Chris, and David Ball got to interview Harry, and how we, we really got this to work and how it happened was, over the past year or two, we had been crossing paths with Harry. We've met at the Swim at the Mission, and this year, because it was virtual, Harry actually swam on behalf of Team Hidden Battles in the virtual Swim at the Mission. Recently, we did a virtual raffle, and Harry won a signed Mickey Ward glove. That just wasn't good enough for us, so what we did is we wanted to do something more. When we found out that Harry was going to be traveling from Virginia to Rome, Maine, we made an arrangement. We called him up. We said, Harry, why don't you come stop on the way through? We can give you the glove in person. And what we can do is we can do a podcast. And Harry said, that sounds great. I'll do that. We arranged it. On the back end, I had been in contact with the Mickey Ward Foundation. Uh, Mickey's a good friend of ours. If you don't know who Mickey is, for everybody out on the West Coast, watch the movie The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg. Google Mickey Ward and look on YouTube, Ward vs. Gotti. Some of the most epic boxing matches ever. So what happened was Harry showed up. We sat down. We started doing the podcast. Team Mickey Ward guys came in. They brought in the glove. It wasn't signed. Harry kind of looked defeated. One of the members, Jerry, left, came back with Mickey and surprised him. That's at the very end of this podcast. I highly recommend listening to it. You'll hear some great stuff. You'll hear a great outlook on post-traumatic stress, how special operators like Harry deal with it, how the Travis Mills Foundation has programs like Hidden Battles that deal with it. Um, so check it out. Listen. You'll learn something. Enjoy it. Thanks, everybody, for supporting us. And here's the podcast. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's Hidden Battle podcast. We got ourselves a pretty unique and awesome American soldier with us. Um, we have Harry. Harry, introduce yourself. Hello, Harry. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, Harry, I, everybody knows that listens to podcasts. I brutalize people's last names, so it's Bologna. You were close, Bologna. Oh, Bologna. All right, well, it wasn't that bad. Usually it Just would be think really Italian, bad. like it's Italian. You got to do oh. this, like that, Bologna. Grow mustache. And <laughs> exactly. Okay, all right. So tell us a little about, uh, about yourself. Uh, let's see. I live in Virginia Beach with my wife and two daughters. Uh, my wife is going back to school. She's going to William & Mary to get her master's. In counseling, so she can help vets and um, you know families. She wants to kind of focus on that, uh, the caregiver uh, aspect of it. And then uh, I have uh, one daughter that's uh, they're both out of college. Uh, she just got married about two weeks ago, and it oh, was nice. congratulations. It, yeah, thank you. It was an awesome experience to walk her down the aisle. Um, exceeded my expectations for a lot of reasons. Obviously, oh, just the fact of walking yeah. her was so, a big thing for me. And then obviously walking your daughter down the aisle is pretty special as well. So what a lot of people don't understand, like <coughs> we uh, we tried to find social media. You got nothing on social media. And if we actually Google your name, it comes up with a bunch of stuff. Um, you've actually been uh, involved with a bunch of other organizations. Currently, you're with Warrior Path yep. and Travis Mills. Yep. Um, but the backstory is it's coming up on your fifth anniversary. Um, tell us what happened five years ago. So let's see, five years ago, <clears throat> I was a contractor and I was uh, deploying overseas. I was in Afghanistan um, and we were out on patrol one morning, early morning hours. Um, I, we were setting up an ambush. I wanted to go out to check one of my uh, gun positions. I thought they were orientated a little bit uh, off. So I started to walk away um, from the CP area 
to go fix them. And I got probably 10 steps maybe at the most. Um, and then I stepped on an IED. It immediately amputated both my legs. In fact, the blast uh, fragged quite a few of my teammates. Um, and uh, as I lay there, you know, my teammates came not quite rushing to me because uh, once you step on one IED, you're yeah, in a minefield, right? right? Yeah, so they had to call EOD up and um, clear their path to me, clear the area around me. And then they started to treat me, and it wound up taking about five tourniquets. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, three on my right leg and then two on my left leg to, to stop the bleeding, if you will. Well, it, it plus the fact you were a Navy SEAL for 23 years, <clears> so <throat> obviously you, got, you probably have like legs like tree trunks. Right? <laughs> yeah, yep. so, well, I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, the, so it, the funny thing is, like I said, I, I started researching and asking some questions about you, and I I'd reached out to the Tobs and, uh, from Swim at the Mission, and, Julie had told me um, a personal thing about you, about size, and she had actually said that at one time you were 5'9", but now with your new legs, you're a little taller? Yes, so um, I used to be 5'9", Julie will say I was 5'8", I just have the Napoleon complex, but you know, it's two legs, you're not quite perfect. You know, one might be a little, as they're putting them together and you've figured it all out, one might be maybe a 16th, a quarter off, so. He gives you the option. Hey, I could lower this one or raise this one, you know? And yeah. I'm like, raise it. Every time I'm raising I'm about a thousand of those, I finally get to a spot and he goes, I think you're getting tall enough. You know, it's a center of gravity issue. Like you get too tall and it's going to be harder to walk. I'm like, no, keep raising them, you know? And then one day we're like, we, we need to measure like how tall I am. And what do you do? Do you measure yourself with feet or with, excuse me, with shoes on or without shoes? Like it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So. I measured myself and I was six foot. I'm like, that's a good height. I always <laughs> wanted to be six <laughs> foot, right? That's a good team size, yeah. like team member site, right? Yeah, right. Perfect. Yeah, you so have like six so, even. Yeah, like a, a lot of the guys, like you see some really like smaller guys, but you get like, it's almost like a happy medium. It's, you know, well, there is no happy medium. They're like shorter guys, when you look at Navy SEALs, they're shorter guys. And then there's some like tall monsters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Like, uh, like Latrell Brothers, huge. Chief Kaiser, Master Chief Kaiser, huge. Then, uh, like, then, then you look at like people like uh, Dale. Dale's like the average size guy. Right, exactly. Know? He's the average guy. That's yeah. what everybody thinks. You you want to you picture this Rambo humongous guy, but think about it. You got to carry all that weight around. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got enough weight on your back. You don't yeah. want to carry extra weight around. So most of the guys are just average 5'9", 180 guy, one hundred eighty yep. pound guys, just yeah. super athletic. That's yeah, all. exactly. I was going to say the guys that like excelled in everything in high school. Yeah, nice. Um, so tell us about what you're doing now. So I'm uh, driving home from uh, Maine, Rome, Maine, and I came back from a warrior path program so this is our third one so warrior path started at boulder crest up in virginia there's two locations there's one in arizona and one in virginia and they're looking to partner with other partner programs so one of which is travis mills and we've stood up the program this year this is our third course and it's called warrior path awesome program it's a seven-day program i went through it myself about a year ago and as soon as I went through it, I said, I need to be part of this program. This is awesome. We're doing, in fact, I said, this is the last program we need to do for our vets. This and some type of uh, a heavy fitness program, right? Yep. Um, and it's about, uh, it's based off of PTG, which is post-traumatic growth, which I could talk probably two hours about if you want. But um, anyway, it's, 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 it's teaching guys that, hey, there's an alternative, if you will, to post-traumatic growth, All right? We get stuck in this post, or excuse me, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, right? We, all we get told is we're, we're going to have these 
symptoms of post uh, PTSD, and we don't realize that hey, there's an alternative, and that alternative is more like us, right? Uh, to 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 uh, experience struggle and then grow from it, and that's really uh, what it's based off of: uh, telling guys that there's an alternative, showing them there's an alternative and there's a better way. So, Congressional Medal of Honor winner, he was a Marine, then became an Army guy. He was in a battle in Afghanistan. Anyway, he used to go around and he would lecture and say that it's not post-traumatic stress disorder, it's post-traumatic stress. He said because it's not a disorder, it's something we can get rid of with, with treatment and the right programs. And I 100% agree with him. We've always said that. It's not, you know, because of the term, we put post-traumatic stress disorder on everything, post, you know, PTSD. But it, yeah, it, absolutely, it's curable. You know, I, I feel, honestly believe that it's curable. Yeah, uh, 100%. Those symptoms can go away, what is normal, um, is that you experience these symptoms after a traumatic event. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Yeah. Uh, you would be abnormal if you didn't experience some of these symptoms um, after a traumatic event. And whatever that traumatic event, it doesn't even have to be in experienced through war. It could be losing a child, God forbid, or uh, getting diagnosed with cancer, right? Um, so if you didn't experience those things, you would be abnormal. And a lot of these guys uh, with PTS symptoms feel like they're the only ones. I, I'm the only one out there experiencing it. And... Uh, we teach them that, no, you're, you're nor perfectly normal. But the key is this, is that most people, um, those symptoms start to go away with time. Yeah. yeah. And very rarely, I heard, and I'm not, I haven't confirmed this, but I heard it's only about 2% of the population that have ongoing chronic lifetime PTS symptoms. Only 2%. So that means the rest of them, 98%, <laughs> yeah. those symptoms eventually fade. If it's a week, two weeks, five months, or two years, they eventually fade away. But they need to hear that, <laughs> right? Yeah. They need to hear that they're not, nor they're not abnormal and that there is a, a better path. And the difficulty, too, is, is you guys, uh, we've, we've trained individuals to become hardened warriors, to adapt, to overcome, to make do with limited resources or to find an alternative way and to solve it yourself. So you're at the highest level of training and they've told you, you'll figure it out on your own, but now you've reached a crossroad where you can't figure it out on your own, that it's difficult, you haven't learned, you've been told that you don't need any help, you can, you can do it. And now you need need a little help and need a little more training or guidance to navigate through this next obstacle to to get on back a better path. So I, I think the first thing is is hard for many individuals who are struggling to make that call to reach out to an organization, to a friend, to one of these to say, all right, like I'm in a spot and I don't know how to deal with this. Can you help me? So I think that's the hardest is, is that first step asking for help. 100% uh, reaching out and uh, asking for that help because you feel like you're on an island. You feel like you're all alone. And then they tell you that you're broken. Something's wrong with it's you. A sign of weakness. Sign of yeah. weakness, right? And yeah, big tough dudes don't want to show weakness. Um, and then I, th I think what's going on there as well, what you alluded to is that um, we get trained while we're in the military, highly trained. And all of a sudden, we change our environment. We come home, and the only thing that, you know, and now all of a sudden, we're broken. All those things that are skills that uh, the military hones for us, like situational awareness, independence, critical thinking, all these things, all of a sudden turn into symptoms 
when we're back home, hypervigilance it turns into, right? Yep. So, uh, you know, uh, members, think, members of society don't understand it and look down upon it. Like, why, why can't you relax? Why yeah. setting this up? We're all saying we all want to look at the door. We all want to yeah. feel comfortable, have our backs to the wall to see exits, yeah. to see. And that's, it's normal in our world, but you go out with civilian friends or, or family members and you say, oh, no, I need that seat. And right. they just, they can't fathom some of the things that. Because they didn't go through the same training we went through, right. you know? And you're right. Uh, it, it makes it a little doubly hard, I think, in the special warfare community because they do look at you guys, us as different. So they're like, oh, you guys are some tough dudes. You know, you guys should rise above that and help yourself. So what I found in a special warfare community uh, across the board is that guys are suffering alone mm -hmm. uh, because our leadership is, is not recognizing the fact that, um, hey, these guys are tough. Absolutely. All day long but they still need help just like anybody else does. Absolutely. Well, like we were talking, it's like now to battle mindset. Battle mindset is something that's actually starting to come back around, especially with today's environment with, you know, the, like the, the whole country is divided. You know, it's one side or the other. And, and with the veterans and, you know, especially well, you have your veterans, but then you have all your, your special operations guys who see one thing a certain way and, and are used to dealing with what's going on here in a third world country where you guys are sent in to help be diplomatic, right? Um, I had a friend that uh, died. He was the first one, I, I think I told you, Daniel, who died uh, protecting Muhammad Karzai in Afghanistan. And that was exactly kind of like what's going on here now. We have a division in the country. So that's actually kicking up more battle mindset, which is now going to start to trigger off, you know, um, your post-traumatic stress and stuff like that. So what we say all the time is we've created a community where now guys aren't afraid to say, you know, this is really bothering me or whatever, where like David had touched before, you go out to dinner or Chris, Chris finds it too um, with law enforcement is you go out to, to dinner or you're in a group of people who don't understand your mindset. You don't understand the, your thought process and how you analyze a room and how you want to sit a certain way. And you don't want to talk about certain things. Uh, we say it all the time. You go to a cookout with somebody who came back from Iraq or I, Afghanistan and people are doing the, the drunk talk, like how many people did you kill? It's not something they want to talk about. It's not what we do. Yeah. So it's called we, war porn. We don't, we, don't, we don't deal with war porn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what we say is we understand the dark humor like we talked outside. And it's our coping mechanism. And, and with us, with in battles, and I imagine with the same thing with you guys, is when you are sitting around and you're talking about things that normally people would like, oh, us, we giggle and laugh like schoolgirls because it's, it's our coping mechanism. It's that, that bunny from, you know, platoon. It's that, you know? So. What's interesting to me, somebody just recently told me, he said, uh, it takes 1% of the population to make a change. 1%. Think about what the military is in the United States. It's 1% of our population. And those, uh, those warriors can make the change. All the warriors out there, all of us, Absolutely. if, if uh, we do more, if we get out there more and become leaders like we should be, um, hey, we stepped to the plate to serve and protect. But why should that end after we get out? Uh, why should it be our last great achievement, right? Uh, let's keep keep serving, keep protecting. And that mission doesn't change. I said it from the very beginning. Uh, my mission has not changed. It's to make this country the best it possibly can be. I did it when I, when I was active by fighting on the front lines. Yeah. But now I'm doing it probably in a bigger way Absolutely. by reinforcing American values back here. So, you know, I kind of, that's, that's my message. It's like, just because you're not carrying a gun for this country, 
doesn't mean you can't protect this country. Absolutely. Yeah, but, we have similar, very similar views. You just say it much better than we do. <laughs> As you were saying, the um, the 1% of the population to make a change, there was, I don't know if you've seen the YouTube uh, speech from the University of Texas at Austin back in 2014. It was a commencement address by the U.S. Navy uh, Admiral McRaven. William McRaven. Oh, make your bed. Make your bed. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. And then he goes in, it's like a 14-minute video, but well worth the watch if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I think his message is awesome, and I I think he was one of my favorite CGs, commanding generals. He was a fantastic uh, human being in person and a great, great, great leader, and we needed him at the right time. But um, I think his message is that do small things, right? Just make your bed, get action, right? This idea of agency, you know, agency is taking all that theory and talk and putting it into action, right? And uh, just start by little things. And people all the time tell me, well, hey, I've lost my purpose in my life. What do I do now? I was serving something so great, uh, part of something so amazing, and now I'm just me hanging out in my hometown or whatever. What can I do, right? I have to, to, to have purpose in my life. You don't have to go write a, a book and be a uh, get a Nobel Peace Prize, right? It starts with, you know, the thousand interactions with human beings every day. Uh, uh, you know, it starts off, I think, with kindness and, and just making those connections with people. That changes people's lives. And I think that's what McGraven's, Admiral McGraven's message was, is just do the small things, do them well, do them every day. That's yeah. how you make change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it uh, Jocko who discipline equals freedom? Yeah, who, something like that. who gets yep. up at like 4 30 yeah. every morning right. and follows his yeah. routine and 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 that helps keep him on track he keeps that strict regimented routine and and that keeps him de-stressed or um helps him with coping and yeah. everything. i think we all need um you know we have we're highly disciplined people before we join and then the military uh forges us into even uh, more discipline you know so uh you know, when you get out, it's it's not time to forget up all that stuff. You can't just leave it at the door. You you know, so staying disciplined, I think, puts us in a comfort factor, and then having practices to help you stay on track, stay on that path. I think the physical activity for me is is key. I'm doing doing events, and and I have to commit to event. I have to I have to spend the money. I have to sign up, and I have to have a a date, and then I can get really into my training and but it is beyond it's it's truly therapeutic for me because a tired me helps me focus oddly enough an exhausted physical body clears my mind and I can help focus on family life events work anything else that that pops up Um, and I find that with a lot of organizations that Team Red, White, and Blue, some of the stuff we do at Hidden Battles, Swim with the Mission, that uh, it has the added benefit. We're out there, you know, on the streets, running with the flags, bringing awareness, um, carrying rucks, the, the things that we do, um, I, I think kind of, in a way, is self-serving because I get so much out of it. Not only do we, we get out, we meet people, carry information on suicide awareness groups encounter somebody we're running and you know carrying flags and red white and blue you know shorts and everything hey so we have um so recently we had uh the virtual raffle and and harry 
luckily enough, actually won the Mickey, signed Mickey Ward glove. So we actually yeah. have Barry and we have Rick from the Mickey Ward Foundation hey. that came out to hand deliver the, the glove. Great to meet you. So. Awesome. Thank so. you. How you doing, Bob? Harry, Harry, Harry Zelenia. Great right, to meet you. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. pleasure. Such, a, yeah. such a pleasure. You guys going to join us? Yeah, we're going to be joining. Yeah. I get you to pull up. Yeah, awesome. We're going to get the other one. Oh, you got the wrong one. Yeah. That's yours. Oh, that one's mine? That's <laughs> oh, the one that one you needed. Mickey signed the other one. I'm sorry. It's in you want to grab it? Yeah, in the truck. Grab it in my All right, cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Just go grab it. Yeah. And, yeah. No. All right. Leave that one here for him. Yeah, that one's mine. Don't use that one. We'll have to get Mickey to sign Yeah, I'll see Mickey again. We'll grab it. So. And how's, I, it, how's everybody doing? Good. Good. good Thanks good. for coming out. I appreciate you taking some time out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah so. we wanted to kind of make his, Harry's trip to Massachusetts kind of special. Yeah, you know, yeah. But. Thanks yeah, for having we, me. It's pretty we cool. We heard uh, quite a bit about you, and we're, you know, I'm, I know I'm thrilled to, to, yeah. to Same meet here. you in Same person here. and, uh, you know, get you. I know you, uh, I know what you have some type of virtual thing, and he was looking for a glove, and I said, Maybe we can get you know do something with Mickey uh, and FaceTime him, and, yeah. and, which yeah. would be pretty cool. It didn't work out, but you know what? Uh, you know it is what it is. But we'll, yeah, yeah. Perfect. yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of payback. Well, your wife was kind of getting back. So. Big fan of Mickey. Oh, I'm a huge fan. No and, kidding. Uh, right? I thought it was. I was just awesome. Um, it was awesome when you called me. You said, "Hey, I won it." I was like, "No yeah, way!" Yeah, so yeah, I was a huge yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, speaking with Mickey and speaking for myself and the rest of the uh, board of Mickey was, we want to thank you. You know, for your service and what well, you've been and what you've been through, and I mean, yeah. it's, it's an amazing story. Scott was filling us in a little bit, but yeah, yeah it's, it's. I think I got chills the other day when he <laughs> yeah. called me and invited me here. You know, so. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Well, thank you guys for your, you guys. No, for we're, sure. Uh, we, you know, Mick, Mickey's. Uh, where's that glove? Yeah, it's coming, coming. Yeah, and I got a, uh, I got something for him too. I can't. I can't oh, sweet. Uh, nice. so. Yeah, I can. You know, I'll grab it and give it to him later. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, um, so, well, no. yeah, I think he's. So, I think he has the, you know the glove. You know what? Instead, buddy, Ricky, I couldn't find the glove, but I got something else. All right. Yeah, get this guy instead. Ah. Hey, 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 how are you? What's up, man? <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, so everybody, just to let you know, we actually we made it so that Mickey would actually be here to, to actually meet him, to meet Harry, because he is a big fan, and it's the least we could do for what Harry's done for this country. So, oh man, thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's great, man. That's great. <laughs> man, you're a hero, Mayan. Look at you. You know, Jesus, seriously. Yeah, you're still mixing it up, though. I don't. I can't get hit no more. Yeah, yeah. Well, because of the CT stuff I have and uh, the post concussion and all that, but um, I still go into the gym and stuff. Yeah. The training. Stuff. I can't get hit no more. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way, you know. Well, I, <laughs> I got hit. Worse. I got hit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a big boom. Lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, can you grab that shirt? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, um, if you got, a, do you have an address I, I can get from you? Absolutely. I want to send you some about some stuff I have. Absolutely. A bunch of and stuff that, I got. That coin. So we'll do is we'll pause this right now. We'll, uh, we'll see if too, these so, two uh, get done uh, talking. We're going to give them some time. Um, maybe we'll come back. Right if not, but, um, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll finish it another time. Uh, 